0: That ship creaked creaked horribly, (sighs) the wood waning.
1: (laughs) We're back in the ship again. No, we're not. We're not on a ship. But where we are is in the introduction of Critical Ditto, the Pokemon Roleplay podcast. You're listening to it. You know it. It's episode 30 something. You're in it by now. I mean, if you jumped in here, I say fair play to you.
0: You know what? High stakes. And I love it. You've just been like, you know what? This is it. I'm picking an episode yeah. at random. Here we mm-hmm. go. You've quite rightly guessed that all
2: episodes leading up to this are pure fodder for what's about happen. <laughs> <laughs> all real podcasts start at 35, I think.
0: There was a 30 something intro.
2: I'm going to summarize it for you, dear listener. A lot of Pokemon puns a couple of wonderful npcs that we immediately loved and immediately forget
0: a lot of us laughing at ourselves
1: <laughs> yeah that's, definitely
2: mainly me that's,
0: that's basically that's basically all you need
1: and when you say ourselves tom let's introduce ourselves my name's Stuart. i'm running the game and to my right is... Ali! And I play the part of Kenny Mullet, the empathetic yet haunted young man from Comover
2: Town, on a quest to find out more about his weird supernatural powers. Kenny has his trusty friends Bowtie the Dartrix, Moustache the Magikarp, Hoops the Salandit, a hunch crow called Fedora, and, of course, an egg. <laughs> <laughs> why,
3: why of course? <laughs> hey, I've said before, I mention it till it hatches, because I don't want us to forget about that. And uh, to Ali's proverbial right is uh, David, who is playing the uh, lovable but truculent academic on the lookout for the King's Rock, Theo. And on my team is a Meditite, a Swadloon called Hillary, a Kabuto called Cabbage, a Togekiss, a Barbarical, and Jason the Combi. Uh,
0: Both metaphorically and literally, I'm under David. It's me, Tom. I play Brandy. Brandy is... Always right, but no one really understands that. So she has to get a bit argumentative sometimes. A bit. <laughs> a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. And to help her win her arguments, she's got Wimpy the Buneary, Gary the Skaroopy, Snorly the Munchlax, and a Bunnelby. A Bunnelby. <laughs> you know, I actually forget the Bunnelby now. Uh, the Bunnelby is my swaddle. <laughs>
2: Tom, um, we are going to find an NPC who absolutely loves bumblebees and is desperate
3: to trade one for, like... Oh. A Haunter with an Everstone.
0: Oh, Mindy, am I right, everyone? Mindy. What, what a true villain. I'll throw it back to you, Stu. Do
1: you know what Mindy would want? She would want us not to recap. So I'm going to do the opposite of that and send us into what happened last time. Screw you, Mindy.
3: Previously on Critical Ditto...
0: The most important thing we need to realise is that that electrode is about to ex-
2: Fedora, please flap your wings, do something, anything, so that we don't both go down under this poisonous gas. And it forms this mini twister. All the sort of purpley gas is sucked up into this cyclone.
0: Amazing Fedora! Brandy would like to get the Meltan to help her. Help me and we can survive this together! All of a sudden, Brandy is rugby-tackled by Arnold. Arnold. Brandy takes the ruler sword and is going to swing at Arnold who in his panic grabs Meltan. Grabs one of the Meltan.
1: and Meltan Prime just just punches him out. Theo, you reach, you reach the S-class train lounge.
2: Theo, I am so glad to see you.
1: <laughs> Where's Brandy?
2: Um I could find Brandy, but I'm vulnerable if I go into my dark void.
3: I've been looking for you to look after you and I'm not going to leave you now.
2: Randy, can you hear me?
3: Where are you?
0: No, 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 Tan. Have you looked outside?
3: You see
1: the bow of a ship coming out of the cloud, and it descends just low to see the giant octillery inflated above the ship. Advance on the Sloking church car, and the tome will be ours. We open in the skies above the Nidorient Express where dark clouds have gathered and are swirling ominously. Emerging from this nimbus molasses is the Nautilus capital ship, powered by a giant floating artillery. Huge Gyarados roar and tear down towards the now stationary Nidorient Express lying below. They are filled with grunts and rookies slathering at the opportunity to wet their swords. Our camera swoops in through a small porthole in the middle of the Nautilus ship as we enter the office of Eliza, the Queen of the Sea, as she prepares for the assault and stands next to Gary Smoke, the former champion of the Pokemon League.
2: Uh, Elisa, pass me that sword sharpener, would ya? I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. They they had swords. I had to mention it somehow. I had to. Well, firstly, Gowie, it is not a sword. It is a cutlass. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Terminology is very important on the ship, especially if we're going to be working with us today. Yeah. Remind me, which one's port and which one's starboard again? That doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm the authority and you are not to disobey me once we get down there. Am I clear? I don't have much of a choice. Gowie, what are you picking up? What
2: have you got there? I'm not pocketing anything. I've not put anything No, I can pocket. see you. You're picking something up. You're picking up my compass. You're twirling it. Like a... like a... whizzy dynamo. It's not hey, a toy. that's just what I do, baby. Gary Smoke, he plays with shiny things. <laughs> you don't... you don't get to become the Pokemon champion if you don't play with shiny things. What are you, a Wookiee D? This is serious stuff, Gowie. Serious. Okay who 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 are Thanks. you
1: who are you in my office <laughs> who are you
0: it's a uh... It's me, Cassidy. Uh, it's my second day. Hey, Cassidy, come on in. We, this is awkward, Gary, but I I was a cheerleader for you for like just a little bit, but I, I didn't make the cut after a while. But
2: uh, I joined Team Nautilus. Yeah, you gotta rhyme with Andy. That's kind of That is, thing. that you is. Know, like, Cassidy, Cassidy. Cassidy's kind of a half rhyme. It doesn't really, you know. I totally get it. No, I just wondered if there was
0: anything useful I could do. Maybe uh, I could help at all. Could. At the moment, people want me to sweep. And I'm not really that kind of person.
2: Uh, well, why don't you team up with that person standing in the shadows behind you? Hey, you, come on in. What's your name? No, stop inviting people in come my office. On in. Come on in. Are we
3: having a party up in here? Oh, I was hoping Ooh. we'd be having a lovely little party up in here. Hello, my love. So I'm the ship's cook.
2: Oh, yeah, you rock! Right. Ah, oh. no, I know you.
3: And your name is? My name is amandy so gary if you're oh looking, my god if you're looking for any new employees i know i'm a bit buxom for my age but if you're if you're looking for some new cheerleaders down on the Nidorian express <laughs> i'm not around hey, well
2: you don't get to become the pokemon champion if you can't
1: appreciate bucks you know what i mean <laughs> oh. <laughs> amandy no we need you on the ship cooking you can't leave what are you thinking do you need a ways because i can organize that if this goes down
3: well I can sort things out for you, please. Oh my love. I don't need any money. I'm an indentured servant. I haven't earned money since the since the great meteor, but I'm not gonna bring that up or get angry about it. I'm just a mild mannered servant.
0: Oh my god, like Mandy, after the after the raid, could we like get your pastor Abriada again? It was so good. Like, once we've done all this, what are we doing again? We're just attacking? Are we attacking no, distributionally? We,
1: we are not just attacking. Gowie, I told you the plan not five minutes ago. Now you I did. want you to repeat it. Repeat it right okay, now. I, right now. We'll repeat
2: it. We're going to go in. We're going to get the book. No, the tome. The tome. The tome. It's not a book. Uh-huh. And we're going to infiltrate that, that big cart that looks like a, a slow king. You know, the crown and all that. And uh, then we're going to grab the book and get out of there.
1: Gowie, what are you going to do? You're going to not knock some people out betray me
2: hey you know what you know what lisa i'm gonna make this promise to you right now okay if there aren't three people in some way connected to me and my recent past you know that is the only only way i would ever possibly maybe betray you just because narratively i think that would be interesting oh
3: well that's obviously not going to happen so why
1: would that happen Obviously. I
3: don't think that you'd betray us, my lovely Gary Smoke. Because if you did, I'd, I'd break your neck in every place known under the sun. Oh my god, would you cook, Gary? Just like I cook all the other infidels that try to take on Team Nautilus, yes.
0: Oh my god, that was your pasta arabiana? You cooked biata? Mm. Oh my god, that's why I haven't seen that guy. I ate him. <laughs> oh!
1: Wow, this got dark real quick, huh? <laughs> Hi, everyone. The Gyarados are oh. about to leave. So oh, my God, can you. I
0: come? Please, please, can the see Elisa, Please, can I go? Please, can I go?
1: Cassidy, if you can hold this cutlass, can you hold it? Uh,
0: Like, yeah, but I prefer, like, a bigger one, I suppose.
1: Hey, baby, I could give you a bigger one.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, he's still so
3: funny. Still
1: oh, I, so I am funny. sick of this. Everyone on a dose we are getting that tone. We're going to
3: kill some church members. Has
1: anybody seen my normal... exited the furnace which I. Uh, probably uh, uh, how have you exited the furnace?
0: <laughs> i've exited the furnace i've exited the furnace really well That's really good i just okay, did it really right, good great. i exited Done. the furnace really good
1: here's what i think happened i think the meltan formed a tower a giant meltan tower like the tower of boyfriends in inside out and you climb that tower of Meltan to the top of the furnace, where the elevator shaft would be if the elevator was functioning. Do we like it? Perfect. Great. I love that. That's what happened. Brandy, you find yourself at the front of the train, the room that you recognise with all the dials and controls, the bells and whistles, and in the room with you is Ruth, alongside Grundle McScrooge, Bob Bob... Bob and... Bobbington. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Bob uh, Bob, Bob, Bob at Bobbington, alongside a couple of other train employees in official-looking uniform. And you notice that Ruth has taken the stage in front of the screens and that beneath her scarf is a badge, a badge of authority, a badge that reads, Head of Train Security. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yep, that's right. The scarf billowed just in that moment. See, we had depth to Ruth all along. Always there. And she is nursing a headache as she's been recently knocked unconscious. She is pacing back and forth and addressing the assembled troops. Right, everyone, listen... Grundle, at the others I'm going to cut straight to the chase here the train has been attacked it happened moments ago an electrode exploded in the furnace bringing the train to a complete halt you have probably noticed we're not moving and that is the truth that is the truth has that uh, you know me that's <laughs> you know me. your favorite phrase that 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 it is beagle are you a person or a Pokemon beagle I don't
0: I haven't yet decided <laughs>
1: I, I, whatever you are, I feel like you're in a trench coat, <laughs> and I can't see your true form. It's, it's disconcerting, but you're very vocally supportive of me, so I appreciate that.
4: You can do it, Rose.
1: Thank you, thank, thank you, Beagle. The point is, the train is under attack, and obviously that means we have to activate Protocol sixty-seven. What Protocol sixty-seven? That's right, Yanis. Protocol sixty-seven. That um, was yes. Bobbitt.
0: That was clearly Bobbitt. <laughs> this is me, Grandma McScrooge. Come on, Ruth, you need to learn our names at least.
1: Look, this is a very stressful situation, all right? And I had temporarily forgotten, Bobbitt, that I do see you every day in the buffet car reading the manual, cover to cover, and you know all the protocols. In fact, could you quickly... What is what is protocol 41? Well, protocol 41 is barely difficult to remember. So quite... Mm, not quite right. No, but protocol 67, which Bobbitt already knows is obviously train defence, where we activate the turrets. And I'm going to need everyone on a turret. Oh, I'm excited
0: with the turrets. Grundle McScrooge loves nothing more than an active turret.
1: Grundle, of course you have your favoured wide turret at the front of the train. The only problem is that Arnold has been incapacitated. What? Yes, the Meltan revolted. What? Uh, <laughs> that pink-haired girl who is surrounded by Meltan... I
0: wondered why there were 83 Meltan in here. Uh,
1: we, have, <laughs> we have a number. Thank you, thank you, Grundle. Um... What was your name again? Brandy?
0: Brandy? Uh, yeah, Brandy.
1: This is a stressful time, and I know this is probably not what you want to hear, but we need you. We need a turret guardian.
0: I didn't want to say this before, but you are currently in the presence of a D-rank trainer of the Pokemon League. I think there's no better person to be your turret guardian. Now, I only have one single question, and that's where is this turret? Oh, no, I have a follow-up question also. It's like, what is the turret? What, what, what is it? What do I do with it? How do how do you turret?
2: Yeah, that's about five or six questions.
1: <laughs> beagle, this is no time for your pedantry. Beagle, <laughs> okay. away. beagle, 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 beagle. I I hope I hope Beagle went to a turret. I really <laughs> do. Oh, we've we've lost them. They've gone. We didn't even find the <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hold oh. on a minute. Ruth, you need to get a hold of this situation. Oi, you, Grundle. Yes. You, Bobber, You, creepy yes. trench coat person. And you other nameless folk in the back. Well, this is a serious situation. We're being attacked by Team Nautilus. The team that destroyed Surfloat Tower. The team that left Surfloat as a town destroyed for good. And they're coming to take us down now. And we need to fight for this train. Do you like your job, Bobber? Yes. Do you like your job, Gunnar Scrooge? Well, maybe not your job. Do you like turrets? I love turrets. Exactly. So we need to get to those turrets. I'm going to say it now. Grab your bells, grab your whistles. They're right behind Ruth over there. And like, get to
1: work, okay? I love this. Can you give me a roll? Can you give me a plus sure. charm roll? That was very inspirational.
0: Well, let's see what the dice say.
1: <laughs> Take plus one forward, Tom. Oh, plus one forward.
0: So that's, so that's a plus two because I'm already plus one charm. Oh. oh!
1: Six
0: plus five plus two—it's a thirteen, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Every single one of the church employees
0: snaps
1: to attention when Brandy starts speaking. They do a salute. What's the Brandy salute?
0: I think the Brandy salute is not safe for work. Oh! Now I'm joking. Is it, is it safe for podcasting? It's safe if for podcasting. It? It's this. Oh, my God! Oh, oh,
3: God. oh God. Tom! Tom! That oh. oh, oh. is obscene. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. But could you do that again, but with a slightly sexier face? I didn't know you had more than one of those. Ooh. Tom, <laughs> well, where were you keeping <laughs> that? And is there a Mrs. Tom?
0: I think what happens, I think Brandy, without realising it, while she was
1: talking, had been doing some cheerleading moves and it created some kind of movement. Everyone is enraptured by your words. They are doing this salute, and they seem filled with unearthly bravery and heroism. Ruth, who has been standing silently watching this performance ever since you've taken charge, with the Meltan standing behind you, and silently she just removes her head of train security badge and pins it to the Infern Cape.
0: Ruth, no, I'm not taking your job here. I just I just felt like they need a bit of fire in their oh, belly.
1: Well, uh, well, it was a symbolic thing, but um, I, I can take it back.
0: No, don't take it back. I like it. But I, I'm, what I'm saying is this is a temporary position. I will give you your badge back. I'll give you the badge back when this train has been defended. All right? Is that a deal?
1: It's a deal, Brandy. Thank you. I have a lot to learn. Well,
0: look, you're used to, you know, people not buying a ticket. That's the kind of regular train security stuff that you have to deal with. And, and also rounding up people with poker powers, but I'm not going to go into well,
1: that. That's a new addition, but I hear you. Thank you. Now let's save this train. Where is your turret?
2: be quite good uh, if it was near us, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe... Uh, <laughs> the infirmary
0: car! Well, I was going to suggest this with the 13. Could, or like, Teddy and Robin be there?
1: What if, what if with your 13, yeah. there's a Pokemon healing station in that room?
0: Yes, please, for the love of all things holy.
1: So what would happen, it's pretty brutal, but sometimes the heat from the furnace would cause the Meltans to melt and faint and Arnard would just oh stick him God. in this healing machine, heal him up, and get him straight back oh, out no, wow. there. This man is pure evil. Yeah, but he's in a fridge now, Ali. He's in a fridge. And
2: amazingly, with a 13, Kenny and Theo are both magically right next to one. I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> oh, I was
0: going
1: to say, Ali, I think the S-Class train Lounge has one. I think it would have on, one, like, a as sense. standard.
0: Brandy heals all her Pokemon at this little station, and then goes to the turret, which is actually on the roof of the front of the carriage. But she can see the church car isn't that far away so when she's done with the turret she can just run along to the top layer
1: Yep, yeah, she'll just stand on a cannonball and fire herself into no, the church no. carriage that's very good tom thank you yeah yeah we'll we'll roll for that later
0: <laughs> no come on stu she's going over the stationary <laughs> train
1: oh that's a visual i know. yeah okay
0: exactly that's we, the most exciting we, we
1: could have a deus ex brandy whenever we need her. we cut to further down the train where kenny and theo are Jenny and Theo, you have dashed out of the S-Class train lounge, making sure, of course, to use the healing facilities located in the lounge. Which we mentioned lots. Yeah, honestly, if everyone would just read the expanded visual guide to Formia, which has been released concurrently <laughs> with the podcast, they would understand everything, just all the little details a little easier. Critical details. Sounds like a spin-off podcast that we're doing next. Yeah, it's just the way modern stories are told, now, isn't it? You've got you to buy all the expanded media. But once you've done that, you can leave the S-Class Train Lounge and the crew, the accrued crew of people that you have with you, including Enya, Melissa, yourself, Kenny, Theo, Taronis Chunder, who is unconscious, alongside all your Pokemon, and you make your way to the church car. The first thing you notice is that the church car has been barricaded. The entrance to the church car, which you entered so easily only hours before, now looks like the streets of Paris. During Les Miserables, there are chairs, tables, desks, which the Acolytes had been using to study on earlier. They've all been piled outside the church car in an attempt to defend this location. Behind that, you see terrified-looking Acolytes-to-be, Acolytes-in-waiting, given makeshift staves. I don't think they even have Pokemon, because they've not been through the King Smock ceremony. So it's literally a bunch of scared kids cobbled together, On this makeshift fort. Standing atop this barricade, you see Fanny, the paladin you met earlier when you were going upstairs in the church car. Fanny was the meeker of the two, was under the sway of Johansson, the other paladin. But Fanny has stepped up. Fanny despite not really knowing what they're doing, has taken charge of the situation. Johansson is there, but still looks dazed from the confused ray.
0: Oh, they're coming, they're coming, Sally. Oh, We're all going to die. We're all
1: going to die. Johansson, stop it. Stop that. Stop it, I say. We may not know why we're here, or why we're tasked with sending dozens of acolytes basically unarmed wearing robes into battle but we must stand and fight this is our moment this is our chance johansson we are paladins of the church of Slarslow and if we have to stand and fight to defend the knowledge that lies in that train whatever it may be we do it as theo and kenny and their whole cohort enter the church train car fanny stops them with a palm outstretched stop What is your business here? Who are you? The acolytes are holding their staves, shaking. They're
0: here! They're here!
1: Johansson, calm down! (gasps) Who are you? We've come to help. You need to let us in. Why should we? Why shouldn't we beat you down
3: with staves? Because I am an I-rank member of the Church of Slaslo, and I'm the only person who knows why you're being asked to protect this train. Boy, am I glad I didn't say anything. (laughs) It's roll
1: time! (laughs) That was so commanding. (laughs) This would be a manipulate
3: someone, so that would be plus charm. Undoubtedly, Theo's great strength. (laughs) (laughs) A zero after many levels up.
0: Oh, Oh, no! no! Oh, God! (laughs) Oh, and the dice have punished. You know what?
3: After after two very strong episodes, I had to... (laughs) David, why didn't you tell our beloved listeners what you just rolled? Uh, No, so I I rolled 2d6. Theo's a zero in charm. And I got two at a one. I got a three. Oh. Hey, mark experience.
0: Uh, Johansson points the finger and goes... (gasps) That's them. That was them. They're the one that befuddled me. They must be Nautilus. They must be Nautilus, Fanny. Get them. Get them Johansson, now.
1: are you sure?
0: I am 100%. I've never been more sure of anything, anything else in my life. Oh, and and that boy, he had the one with the dart tricks with the amazing leaf juggler. He's the leaf juggler. Don't look at the leaves, Fanny. Don't look at the leaves.
2: boy toy. No. What are you doing? Stop it. Stop <gasps> it right juggling now. the leaves. Look no, at me. I bow-tie. don't want to be befuddled. To
1: Stop it. Acolytes, Acolytes, ATTACK! <laughs> Fanny orders the Church Acolytes over the barricade at what they only assume can be Nautilus spies coming to attack them. What do you do? Kenny instructs Dartrix, seeing as Dartrix is out, to um,
2: unleash... Unleash hell. Unleash hell? No. (laughs) Bowtoy? Dartrix! Help us out here. Push them back. Not enough to hurt them, just enough to give us some breathing room. Dartrix!
1: I ask essentially for a gust of wind to push them back. Ali, please roll Create an Advantage for Dartrix.
0: So we've updated the rule on created advantage. Stu, do you want to explain?
1: You now use plus the Pokemon speed for creating advantage. David,
3: did you want to add anything to this? No, you're good. No, yeah, no, I will. No. I will. I will add to this. <laughs> I think that Theo thinks this is a great idea. And Theo's like, let's let's up the wind power. Come on out, Togekiss. Nice.
0: Ooh. Is Theo kind of proud of Kenny in this moment?
3: I think this is like a real moment of showing some strategic skill. It's a yeah, he sends out Togekiss and is very proud of, of their, new, their new ward.
1: Aww. So Ooh. Kenny
3: rolls create an advantage, while Theo, can you roll
1: a help roll for Togekiss? Which I think uses plus bonds.
0: Theo bonds with Kenny. It's currently plus two.
3: Theo, you go first, so then we can see if you get a plus to your okay. Okay. So is it sorry, is it two D six plus the two for the bond?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Oh. Oh Oh! praise the
3: Lord. Oh, we're back, baby
1: So I think on the help roll, if
3: you get a twelve plus, Ali you get to add a plus two to your roll. Whoa, that's huge! Yeah, because I rolled five plus five plus two for a twelve, so that would be a twelve in that situation. Yep, you get plus two, Ali. Plus two in addition to Dartrix's
2: speed stat. So Dartrix's speed stat is plus one. So I am rolling whatever I roll plus three, which yeah. is delightful. I, mean, I think there's, there's only one or maybe two rolls I could get to face. It's two rolls.
0: Well, thanks for
2: jinxing it in a big
0: way. Can't wait to jinks, get them. Jinx,
2: jinx, jinx, <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's roll this. Someone summoned the
0: jigs. Oh, and you
2: were close, Ali. I needed it. it. (laughs) Jigs, 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 (laughs) jigs.
0: Next time.
2: I rolled a two
1: and a three, which means I would have failed if it weren't for Theo and Togekiss helping Kenny out. (laughs) It's very true, but you do succeed. So you get to choose one of the following. And I think in terms of what you wanted, put your foe where you want them. Feels appropriate.
2: Yes, definitely that's you.
1: So please, Ali, describe this gentle gust from Dartrix to these approaching acolytes. Kenny says to Bowtie, Bowtie, push them all back. But, you know, softly, I don't want
2: anyone to get hurt. And Dartrix stops leaf juggling for just a moment and much to their pure, pure horror lets the leaves fall to the floor. I know, I know. But she knows that there are more important things at hand right now. So she lifts herself off the ground and flaps her wings towards the mass of acolytes running towards them, uh, but she focuses too much on the left-hand side of the room. Theo, recognising some surprising tactical nous from Kenny, uh, follows suit and, taking Kenny and Dartrix's lead, sends out Togekiss to push back the other side of the room with their own gust. So on the one hand you've got this leafy foresty wind holding back some people and on the other side a pinky mystical fairy wind. It's really quite beautiful.
1: Beautiful. So the acolytes, with the combined efforts of Dartrix and Togekiss, are deftly pushed back against the sides of the room. And rather than damaging them, you daze them, you knock them off their feet and prove that you are not an entity to be messed with. Which leaves Johansson and Fanny on the barricade. I...
2: I told you, Fanny. I told you. Demons. They're demons. No, listen to us, please. We mean you no harm. Look, we could easily defeat you, but we don't want to. We want to help you. You need to let us in.
0: Fanny, they're liars. They're liars. They're Nautilus spies.
2: They're spies. We are not Nautilus spies.
0: That one's even wearing a, a, an inspector's
1: uniform. Huh? 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 Nothing says spy more like oh, the inspector's Melissa,
2: uniform. really? You didn't
1: take off your hat? Well, no... It's, there's a lot of holes in the ship now. I was getting a bit cold. All right, sorry, I'll take it off. No, it's fine. I don't want you to get cold. Keep it on. (laughs) Okay.
0: Oh God, the mullets. Cutest family ever.
1: Fanny is looking between Johansson, Kenny, Kenny, Johansson.
2: Look, if you won't let us in, we have a child here. Okay, she needs to get behind the barricade. Her parents are behind that barricade. If you won't let us in, at least let her in.
1: Ali, this is great. Roll for me. Okay. And take a plus one, because mm. I like what you're doing. Stu wants you to win. Stu, hey, wants I, to want it it. The, I want the players to succeed. I like this. Also, I've run out of acolytes to send it you, <laughs> if you fair. So. Is this another plus charm? <laughs> I think so. So Kenny is a plus ones charm. Oh! That's a hello. six and a two. Plus a two. That's a ten. So Kenny, Enya is behind you. And Enya is not that familiar with you. And she realises she has been manipulated by so many people. But there's something that's sticking in her brain. And what it is, is what Theo said to her before. Her parents did not abandon her. Enya is feeling very confused, very unsure. She hears you talking, Kenny, and her ears prick at the mention of her name. She gulps and takes a step forward. She has so many conflicted feelings about the church right now, many of them negative. But she spies out of the corner of her eye, to the left-hand corner, her parents. They're on the floor, having been caught up in Togekiss's fairy wind, but there's a joy in their eyes that they see her, and she cries out to them, Mum! Dad! And Enya breaks rank. She rushes over to them, and Fanny tries to intervene, but without acolytes, without a means, there's nothing they can do. Enya gets to her parents, feels that embrace, buries her face in them both, and hugs them hard.
2: Look, if we were Nautilus spies...
1: Why would we bring a church member back here? You need to let us in, please. Enya lifts her tear-stained face from her parents' robes and says,
3: Miss Paladin, please, you
1: don't understand, they're telling the truth. Something awful is happening. I can explain more, but the train has stopped because Nautilus are attacking and these people, they want help, trust us. And Fanny sees Enya's eyes, recognises the parents and relents. Okay, okay, come in, come in. And removes a couple of chairs and desks and lets you to the other side of the barricade. What do you do? Kenny goes,
2: "Thank God they let us in
1: because I was about to tell Salandit to
2: burn
3: it out of hell. <laughs> you have learned something from me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who is that? Pokemon? Dartriggs! Dartriggs
0: Wait, Alert. What's that? Horizon. Mid, section. What? Now tell me, please. Jazz bar fans, please. Sorry, Tom, this is beautiful, but I don't know what you're doing. No,
1: no, no, that's
3: Tom's solo. We absolutely cannot interrupt I wanted, that. You,
0: to all do, I wanted you to do Snapping, Snapping Jazz Club. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I thought you, right. you were just doing
3: Sunday in the Park with George. I was like, that's an incredibly <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's such That's such a limited reference, but I love
2: it. I don't want to cast any aspersions on you, Tom. You're a very accomplished poet, but if anyone's doing some beat poetry, it should be Mr. Leavesley.
3: Oh, that's, that's oh, too much goodness.
2: credit. No? I, so, hold on. I
0: bring it Idea to the t- can we just talk about that? I bring an idea to the table, and everyone's like, "Nah, Tom. The problem with that idea is that you're doing that idea."
1: <laughs> I don't think it's you, Tom. I think it's more the fact you went cabbage, sock, moose face. Take it
0: out. <laughs> I didn't say any of that. Those were all lies.
1: That's kind of what happened.
0: I said, "What's there on the horizon?" It's a midsection, uh, but in poetry form. Like you guys thought it was random words, but actually, if you listen back, it makes sense. Uh, welcome to the midsection. Today we have a repeat. Offender. Emailer. Someone, someone, exactly. And their crime? Too many NPCs they're suggesting. No. You can never suggest too many. This is from Scott MacDonald. If you remember Scott's last character, the Ursaring who runs a noodle shop, Mm. got an immediate injection into the story.
2: One of maybe two NPCs that we've interacted with?
1: Well, exactly. So what we're saying, Scott, is this second NPC is going to a dark cave to (laughs) (laughs) rob. Never. Never. Scott starts... I don't know if there's a limit to the number
0: of allowed suggestions, but I've looked on the Discord and haven't seen any suggestions there, and so far, all I can remember from the episodes is the ghost-type Shakespearean gym which is an incredible suggestion, by the way.
3: That we literally skipped. It was literally in parallel and we never went. (laughs) Oh, it was. It was there. It was
1: there, yeah. Right there.
2: They didn't even make it on the train. We had a different gym leader on the train. Yep. Scott
0: would like to throw out a suggestion for a fire-type gym because those are their absolute favourite Pokemon. Mac is an amateur rugby player who is trying to get poker rugby introduced into the Formia region. So his gym doubles as a practice pitch. Mac is friendly enough, but during battle slash games gets super intense. He doesn't believe in catching Pokémon unless a trainer fully intends to incorporate those Pokémon into their team, and is an advocate for a catch and release system for Pokémon. He's afraid of bug types and cannot stand even the sight of them. His strategy is pretty much full-on attack, non-stop, all the time. His party is made up of almost exclusively fast, physical, or special sweepers, and he almost never switches a Pokemon out, preferring to have each fight until the very end. The Pokemon for this party could be the evolutionary lines of Litlio, Fletchling, Vulpix, Growlithe, Thrarion, and Salandit. Yes. We haven't really mentioned sports other than Pokéletics, and another sport called Blitzelball. Yeah. So I wonder whether we, rather than do rugby... Scott, we repurpose? we repurpose it into a Blitzleball mm. gym, still a Fire type, yeah. but maybe Mac is a Blitzleball pro, and so his gym is a Blitzleball pitch, and so when we go there, we can actually des- decide when we're there what the rules of Blitzle ball are. Whoa, 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 whoa. You want to
1: define rules?
0: No, I don't want to define rules. I want to make them up on the spot and then and then forget about them. You know, we know there's a tower defender. Listen, if you want to go back to the uh, foul play episode where there was a vignette describing Bash playing... Foul play playing,
3: four, I think it was. Foul play mm. four,
2: where Bash
0: plays Blitzleball. But yeah, that was my immediate thought when reading that.
3: I think that's a solid bet.
2: Okay, that is a solid bet. So what is the one rule that this guy Mac? used to his advantage with his fire types let's let's create one rule that he's particularly adept at that suits fire types so for example i was thinking maybe your pokemon can manipulate what the ball is so maybe there's a benefit to it being super hot
0: yeah or maybe it's a big old metal ball his strategy in blitzel ball is to heat up the ball
1: so normally when you would catch it you'd be like oh yeah got it sweet in my mitt yes but if you're playing against Mac, you're like, oh man, that's a hood potato. Yes, you going to pass like... it super quickly so he takes advantage
0: of the panic the heat causes. So maybe that's the big rule of Blitzel is that you're not allowed to attack your opponent, but you are allowed to attack the ball that create, make it difficult mm. to touch it or catch it. But let's not get too sidetracked by Blitzel
3: <laughs> I feel like this would inevitably mean that every team would have to have a water type somewhere on it because everyone's just got so used to Mac just setting the ball alight or making it, like, burning hot. But everyone's just like, they've just got, like, a reserve somewhere tucked away. Like, just someone has a marrow.
2: David, his ultimate strength is also his one great weakness. Oh, but I think Max's
0: strategy is to make the ball too hot for the wa- even the water types to handle. And then if water type hits it with water, then there'll be steam everywhere, and suddenly he can... Run the field.
1: Which is a well-known Blitzel Ball phrase, obviously, Tom. <laughs> Running the field. Run the field. Remind me what other stuff. I remember he hated bugs. Uh, Mac absolutely hates bugs.
0: Mac, interestingly, believes in a catch and release system. Why do we think Mac feels that way about Pokemon? A catch and release system. So like fishing, you imagine. You would catch it mm. and then put it back in the wild. What if Mac was bought in professional Blitzel Ball and he was on the bench the whole time? So he was boxed He was boxed He was boxed And then you know He was locked into his contract And then could have felt like he could never Fulfill oh, his it's potential it's good It's real good So then he moved Into gym leading To really try and prove His blitzable skills And that's why he's really You know He never catches a Pokemon That he's never going to use Because it would remind him Too much Of sitting on the bench And being wasted
1: So he retakes his squad Like every time It's like Nobody could predict his team If you're trying to play Blitzable Fantasy League It is oh, a nightmare Oh god yeah. <laughs> Everyone's trying to predict the team. Inferneb is on a hot streak. He is scoring every single game. And then he's benched. He's that- out. And you're like, why? Why? Yeah. And Max like, I don't know. They all need to play. He's a rotating squad. He's, uh, this, is my, this is my voice. Your Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little bit Pep Guardiola, yeah. A little bit of this. A little bit of that. Strategies. I'm
3: seeing him in a high turtleneck.
1: But trainers very fancy suit but also sneakers
3: maybe his blitzball team were also the original creators of the infern cape maybe they have always been key wearers i love oh that yes absolutely,
1: absolutely. That's, oh, it. that's a winner
2: they invented the infern cape that's their jersey as they all
1: walk out yes yes and so they're walking out to this music and they're like "Hear the music play yeah. here we come we're max team we're gonna hit you with the hyper beam everybody's playing with the hot balls they're so spicy back against the wall yo <laughs> there's a whole dance with it it's very intimidating you have to be there
0: I love it Scott that was a great suggestion that was a strong three blitzels to nil it's like oh. what I put on
2: the score there. We really ran that field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have an idea like Scott, please do get in touch with us with your listener NPC or sport or town or item or whatever you have in mind at, at Critical Ditto on Twitter, uh, Ditto at gmo.com or join a Discord and post it on there. Now, Tom, please do play us out with a bit more lovely beat poetry, if you wouldn't mind.
0: Alert. What's that? Mid section what? Now, fans, please tell me, please. Wait! Jazz bar. Horizon. 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 Horizon.
2: Horizon. Have you ever tried to listen to actual play podcasts? Only to find out they sound like this.
4: <laughs>
2: Here at Green Mountain Mysteries, we have the solution. We are an actual play podcast that takes it very seriously. And also one of our players is a butt doctor. We swear it's good. Green Mountain Mysteries, every other Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold.
1: Who's that Pokemon? Dartrix, Dartrix. It's Dartrix. No. Randy, you're in the turret.
0: Okay. What is the turret? Go! <laughs> Shoot things, Brandy! Shoot them all
1: now! <laughs> you have 84 meltdown with you. What does the turret look like?
0: I think it's going gonna, gonna to be it's going to be the same as the front of the train. So I would imagine, as it's the Nidorian Express, it's going to be. in- Are the, they like
1: Nidorinos that fire they're horns? They're like Nidorino
0: horns. So I think there are there are these big horns on the side, on the top of the first carriage, and these are the turrets and they sort of open up and you can see actually there's sort of a bit of glass where you can get in and suddenly you're sort of lying on your back almost facing up and the turret can move around it's on like a ball and socket joint and you can move around kind of go upside down and i think as many male as possible have also packed into the glass with brandy because they don't really know anything other than to follow her because they follow, they're followers they're like and are all just crushed. Just crushed. And the other ones that aren't in there are all just gathered round the same thing and Brandy's sort of desperately trying to get to the control. Brandy,
1: you fight your way through this wave of Meltan to the front where there's this little viewing window in the pod and you see the Gyarados have started depositing on the train. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> they are depositing across the train so you can see already at certain points Grendel like Scrooge is already going for it. Like that turret is going. Run McScrooge
0: is handling two because he's so well.
1: Yes, yes, it's like two. It's a double turret. And the Alolian Executor has just taken some spare ammunition and chucking it with his neck. So it's almost <laughs> a triple turret. One cannon, it's boom! A Another turret. cannon, boom! Alolan executor. Bobber is
0: struggling to get into his turret and Dwebble's trying to help him, but he's a bit he's a bit too portly. He can't really he's Like <laughs> <laughs> brruh, brruh, a bit more. Just a bit more, I can't <laughs> get into the
1: <laughs> Eagles are sort of flying around. Why? Who knows? Ali <laughs> <laughs> and David, could each of you roll 1d6 to see how these other turrets are doing? Absolutely. 1d6 each, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I rolled a Davis 1. one. Oh, there's Bob. So it's a five. So that's an out and out fail. So, oh. Oh, this is bad. Okay, so they're fighting hard. And a few of the ammunition are going to the Gyarados. David, Mark experience. (laughs) (laughs) For Bobbert, (laughs) But with a fail, they are unable to fight these beasts off. And the Gyarados are able to land and deposit their first troops on the roof of the train. And these soldiers are charging down the roof, leaping from car to car. In the rain. A second Gyarados sees an opportunity, weaves past Bobbert's pathetic shots, and looks to land in the S-Class train lounge. Of
2: course, it was still they open. They see an opening,
1: and they're like, excellent, excellent, yes. Brandy, you see your Gyarados, the one you're targeting, is heading towards the opening in the furnace at the front of the train, that hole where the electrode yeah. exploded. Who do you see on this Gyarados?
2: Who do I
0: see?
1: I mean, we all know who'd be the most interesting, but... Yeah.
0: Because I don't think Gary Smoke is recognisable as Gary smoke that's a theory i've got
1: so you think gary's in disguise
0: i think gary's wearing a mask i like that yeah because obviously really gary's
1: want. not going to want to no. be himself on the train
0: it's Gary smoke but brandy doesn't know but it's, it's in gary's a mask
1: smoke. okay what is Gary smoke's mask
0: i was <laughs> just about to ask that question is
1: it like a dustox oh that's cool mm. like two wings of a dustox and the brown middle bit down the front
0: okay it's a cool dustox mask dustox helmet yeah. Brandy thinks, oh, that person looks important. I'm going to I'm gonna go for it. Right, them. Brandy,
1: roll to turret.
0: Roll plus turret.
1: Roll That's, plus turret. I told you guys we'd need that stat. I'm feeling plus tough. How are we
2: feeling? It's either that or act under pressure, isn't it? That's very true.
0: I personally would say act under pressure just because I don't think I'm using my physicality, to be honest. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, there are 84 Meltan in there with you, so.
0: Yeah, the roll, Whatever happens with the roll, the Meltan can be involved in some way. Here we go. Okay. 2d6 plus Brandy's cool, which is one. Okay no. It's an 8 right. total It's a total of an 8 uh, So I think Brandy doesn't know what she's doing at all And it's just pressing buttons And there's like uh, Let's say there's this one Meltan Who Whilst well, the other Meltan are sort of panicking And some are just sitting there Just like looking at Brandy Just in a creepy like What next? Meltan Meltan There's one Meltan who's pointing frantically at buttons And being like Mel, meow, meow, meow. meow So meow. then the meow, turret tan. starts up when Brandy follows the <laughs> direction Oh Okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay I like Brandy gets a thing, and I think she, following this Meltan's advice, shoots the Gyarados. Brandy's essentially just
2: button bashing, just like... <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: I say this mixed success is that you hit the Gyarados and knock it out of the sky, but the masked Dustox person makes it onto the train. I
0: was going to say, it looks like I've knocked the Gyarados out. So the Gyarados is done, and all the other grunts on that, also fall like no but the dust ox man suddenly mini wings out of his backpack oh yes like
1: a jet pack of wings but
0: it's like one of those sort of squirrels fly suits things so it's able to glide and suddenly forward somersault and this person lands on the roof in between the front car and the church car
1: they're between you and your turret and the church car is that what you're saying Excellent. So they do this triple roly poly and it's a sick stunt.
0: And then they sort of run towards the church car.
1: They flick a salute back at you. They oh, don't even nice. know who you are and they're like, mmm, got me with your turret For a Split huh? second brandy, you're like, kind of looks familiar.
0: But yeah, who, who do I know who wears a dustox mask? No one. It's
1: a very tight lycra suit, so Gary's yeah. butt is very recognisable.
0: And Brandy is one hundred percent like,
1: that's a cute bum.
0: I no <laughs> mean, like that that's a bad. That's a. This is a bad guy. This is a bad guy.
1: Love to watch you run away, dustox mask. That
0: bum is meta tight. Am I right, meta tight? Meltdown. 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 Okay, shut up, guys. Shut up.
1: Okay Brandy, you've seen this Gyarados tumble out of the sky, you've taken out a lot of grunts, but what do you do?
0: Okay, when well, I see this uh, this person in the dust-ups mask running towards the church, so Brandy points at the Meltan who seemed vaguely helpful and said, you, with me, the rest of you, keep hitting some buttons.
1: This was the Meltan who was pointing out controls and whatnot. Yeah. Is there anything visually distinctive about this Meltan to tell them apart? I think if this is a particularly smart Meltan, it looks like they've
2: got markings of like, glasses around their eyes. Like markings go in a circle just around their eye.
0: So what we're saying is in the sort of nut around Meltan's head, because Meltan has just got like a
2: little ball for yes. um, the head. Yeah, it's so like, like around that nut, there's like another ring around
3: it. Like a That's monocle. Sort of a black...
2: Like a monocle, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a monocle.
0: Maybe this Meltan just has a monocle.
3: <laughs> just sold it a monocle.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sold it okay. on a monocle. So you're
1: taking that Meltan with you, leaving the rest in the I turret. tell
0: the other Meltan, very much like the aliens in Toy Story, who are like, Meltan! <laughs> to just. Try and keep the so, turret going.
1: So they're driving the pizza car yeah, essentially. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm telling. I'm telling them to help out the other turrets as well because Ruth's doing a sterling job, but Grundle's going too intense and not doing well, and Bob, It just I don't think's got off the ground.
1: Ruth speaks up. No, Brandy, Brandy, please don't leave us. You're the only one who can hit anything in a turret. Don't leave us.
0: I've never used a turret before. I literally got that guy by pure sheer luck. You actually know what you're doing. And you know what? It's time for you to start acting like you know what you're doing. Stop worrying about people's feelings. Stop worrying about being cold. Start actually worrying about the situation at hand and tell Grunel McScrooge to get his act together. Tell Bobber to, you know, get himself in the turret and get all the other inspectors to start shooting at one. Just do that. Believe in yourself is what I'm saying. It's not hard, I do it every day, and I should not believe in myself at all, but here I am.
1: You're right, you're right. You've
0: got 83 Meltan now, do with that what you will.
1: Brandy, as you leave the turret and your Meltan friends, having left Ruth with these words of wisdom, you see her. A couple of train cars away, in her transparent bubble with a Nidorino head. She steals herself, she takes the words in, she understands. Takes a deep breath and fires a turret bolt. You witness ice crystals forming around this horny ammunition. The slug takes off into the sky, and it's flying straight towards this Gyarados carrier. The Gyarados looks worried as this icy bullet flies towards its face, but then suddenly, a lightning bolt shatters the bullet, strikes hard from the clouds above. The rain starts to intensify, the wind picks up, and you see this Mega Gyarados emerge from the ship. On the head of this Mega Gyarados, Elisa, Queen of the Sea, Aliza waves her hands like a shamanic alphabet, controlling the very elements around her. She grips her fists as the storm begins to swell. The memory of Surfloat Town and the storm that hit that night comes flooding back into your mind. It's getting worse, it's getting heavier, and it's happening now. Eliza focuses some of the hail and rain onto the turrets, blinding them with this icy wet barrage. But Ruth speaks up. Go, Brandy!
0: Go! Go! Brandy with the feeling of déjà vu, almost, with the storm. Decides that she's not going to worry about being caught in two minds. She's not going to go back. She's going to keep going forward and chases after the dust, the mysterious dust ox,
2: sexy butt. She's man. just chasing that tail. <laughs>
0: That's Nice.
1: while Fanny speaks. All right, all right, what's going on? Who is attacking the church? We've been told by Mrs. W to stay out here and defend it with our lives, but nobody has any idea what's going on. Team Nautilus are attacking
2: this train, and we think they're gonna come to this carriage to try to steal a book. Is there something being hidden on this carriage? And if there is, please take us there, because that's what they're after.
0: Johnson. I mean, Fanny, you and I both know that there's something
1: downstairs, but... You can tell them. It's just us now, and clearly we're in grave danger. Okay, look,
0: I did go down once when I was delivering um, Templar Prime's uh, metal ball polish, and... And
1: Obviously, we were told to keep our eyes closed at all times, very close. it was very
0: difficult. I hit a lot of walls. It's a bit of a maze down there. I'm not (laughs) sure. There seemed to be lots of things stacked up. But I was down there, and I opened my eyes, and I saw a strange plinth lots of uh, metal around like a big 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 box big metal box and a small glass peephole uh that templar prime was guarding and um I, I got a small glimpse but it looked like there was something moving in there and i i don't know i don't know is that what they want Do they want the moving box creature they can have it they can have that thing
1: this was the paladin who was ahead of me in the in the church hierarchy, let's just let's I'd just sit in that
2: for a second. Appreciate ahead. that. Oh, sure you are. Your As husband. they bicker on into the night, I think
1: we all
3: slowly back
1: away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just slowly down the staircase. Just, just like what? You- okay, so
1: you're sneaking away into the church car.
3: Prop. Yeah, I feel like yeah, we need to. Yeah, are we going to bring Enya? Enya's reunited with her parents. I feel she's served her narrative. purpose.
1: The the Theo, just before you sneak away from this bickering pair you feel a small tug on your sleeve. It's Enya. Theo, I don't know what's coming or how dangerous it is, but I started this and I need to stay and defend these people. My parents are there and however much I hate the church, I love them. They didn't abandon me and I won't abandon them. I have to look after them.
3: Theo gives her a squeeze on the shoulder and a smile and says, you did good, kid. And also, you're the only person with an electric type, so probably a good idea that you stay up here. (laughs) Kenny turns to Theo and goes, Theo, do I have an electric type? Oh, Kenny. Kenny, 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 (laughs) Kenny. No. No? (laughs) No. Melissa's (laughs) like...
1: Guys, time essence. Oh, yes, let's Rome, go. Come on, let's go. Right. Let's go. Yes, yes, as yes. As you are leaving the entrance to the barricade, you hear the rumbling of nautilus soldiers approaching. But that fades away as you enter the church car proper. It's empty, totally empty now. Just you, dead in it. Desks are gone. The studying room is gone. All that's left is this staircase leading up. And this giant metallic trap door, a porthole in the floor, fixed with giant bolts, seems mysteriously impossible to open. You'd assume that this was hidden while the public were allowed in here, but now it's
3: fully exposed. What do you do? Well, my money's on us having to go through the scary door of death. Oh, you've learned so well in our previous adventures, Kenny. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we have to get through the scary door. If I've learned
2: anything in the last few weeks, it's to not plan anything and go on instinct.
3: How do you think we're going to get through? Melissa, is there anything that you may know as the only employee of this train? That is a great question. And you know what?
1: Yes, I, I have these train blueprints that we have to carry around at all times. So I should have the church car blueprints right here. Yes, everyone gather around. Right. I feel like there's a cool way of doing this.
2: I think we check a place out. We hardly ever do that. So while Melissa is checking the blueprints, Kenny is going to use a move called Weird Insight. Oh, which okay. allows Kenny to use weird when checking a place out instead of using sharp, which it normally is. So it's like a Batman scan of the room. Yeah, I think Pete and Tukey guide Kenny while he's staring at these blueprints that Melissa's holding up trying to figure them out. Okay, Kenny, roll to check a place out. All right, so I'm rolling plus weird, and uh, Kenny is a plus two in weird. Oh, just Ooh, a foul. Yeah. That's a
1: four and a one, so that's a five. Plus two is a seven. That'll do, though. Okay, check a place out. You get to ask one of the following questions. What happened here recently? What is about to happen? What Pokemon is nearby? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who, what is really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be?
2: Farm questions mm. there. And there's one that I think is the
1: funnest, which is what here is not what it appears to be? Kenny, you are focusing your poker powers on this blueprint that Melissa is holding out. She's struggling with it. She's like, I don't understand. It says there's three levels, but it doesn't list any way of accessing below. Kenny, you blur out the conversation and just focus on the page. Something, something will reveal itself, surely. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then, boom, a speck. A fleck of life in your peripheral, a pulse in the corner of the room. It's life. It almost feels human. It can't be. It's far too tiny to be human, but it is. Kenny, you feel compelled to walk towards this speck, this pulse of life. You crouch down. Melissa's like, Kenny, where are you going? We're trying to work this thing out. You lean way down, and you see, minimized by their own church powder, similar to Theo's confuse ray, is Canaan, who has escaped from the prison above by minimizing themselves. <laughs>
0: So when Hillary took the hit from the uh, uh, Miss W's duck gun... From Mrs W. And while w. Malamar was distracted with Jason the Combi, Kanan cast Minimize on themselves... And escaped, it's just been in... has yes. didn't escape
1: at all... It's was just nope, tiny... No, nope, it's just been in the church car this whole time... I think they were hiding under a chair or something... But now all the chairs have been used for the barricade...
0: Here's a question... Why can Kanan not unminimize?
1: Maybe it was an experimental powder... <laughs> and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids style... They know how to make themselves small... But they don't know how to get out of it yet.
0: I like that. That's a really great downside to that. If you fail on a roll, if someone in the future— I don't know who—but someone who could utilise powders were to use this in the future, one of the downsides of failure is there's no set time limit. It could
1: be. You just ages. have to wait for it to run out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Kenny, you see this tiny person still with a tiny cane. A tiny cane, and Kenny goes, "Theo,
2: we think I found something." And you know when you put your hand down to try to like pick up an ant or a spider and it just sort of walks into it all the time instead of climbing on the hand? Yeah, Kenny tries to do that to pick up Kanan. Like, oh, come on. Like when you're trying to get a spider to get on your hand and it just won't do get, it. it. Keeps walking the hand. Other way. Come on, get on my hand. Oh, I got
1: him, I got him. Theo, Theo, look what I found. Theo, although tiny, you recognise the white grizzled looks of Kanan within the palm of Kenny.
4: Oh,
3: I thought today couldn't get any weirder. <laughs> oh, slow king! this is the worst day of my life. I don't mean to alarm anyone, but I really need to sneeze and... Uh, oh, uh, I am
2: so sorry.
0: you <laughs> <laughs> auditioning here for Gulliver's
3: Travels. Even though they've ransacked the room, have they left a kind of apothecary in this in this carriage can can the botanist and the priest maybe whittle up and maximize powder in this situation or are we just uh we just stuck you could definitely try
1: i think there's definitely a discarded science experiment or something somewhere around the room guys if we're saying there's herbs and plants and stuff i'm just saying kenny is notorious Uh, yes i said
3: botanist and priest yes the perfect combination i set it up i set it up and also there's a flute There's
2: a flu, this <laughs> yeah. a flu this... <laughs> Theo, you grab these I'll grab these We'll smudge them together And we'll concoct something up And then, I don't know Pour it over a sure. something great
1: <laughs> Melissa looks at you What are you talking about? Do you know what,
2: Melissa? I don't know how But this often works You know,
3: luckily One of my 25 dissertations Was actually in a maximisation And uh, studying how The skill of Gigantamax Could be turned Into reversing The skill of minimize. It was quite quite the radical study, but um, hopefully that will in some way serve us well.
1: Just brew the potion!
2: <laughs> David, do you want to roll a d6 and I'll roll a d6? We that, do that sounds way? lovely. Oh, oh. Now no, it's my turn to oh. roll a one! Natural one from Kenny there. And David also
0: rolled a oh. one. So... Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! no. Oh no. Uh, hey Theo, how about we kill another of your mentors today?
1: <laughs> Theo, you tread on Kanan. Super effective stomp on Kanan right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you brew the potion. You brew the potion just fine, and it, it looks great. But just before you can do it, a vine out of nowhere wraps their vine around the potion and rips it out of your hand. You look behind you, and you see our two new Nautilus members, Emandy and Cassidy. All right, my lovers. I'll be taking that. That seems like a fun little potion you've got there. Ain't that right, Cassidy? Yeah.
1: I have a giant sword. It is so big. Cassidy is wielding this huge cutlass that curves around. And as you look at the cutlass closely, you see there is an eye on the hilt. That is no ordinary Ooh. cutlass, that is a hone edge. And what vined Pokemon is accompanying the ship's cook of Team Nautilus, Omandi? Victory Bell?
0: I was thinking of Victory Bell. I think that's cool. So here's what's going to happen. We need to get down there. And thank you so much for uncovering it. That's so useful for us. You're going to let us in there. And then maybe we won't incapacitate you.
2: Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I know you're trying to be really threatening, but we actually have no idea how to get down there ourselves. In fact, you took the one thing
1: that
3: was going to allow us to
1: maybe get an answer. Oh, I suppose (laughs) I'll just mulch you in a meat for dinner then.
3: I'd like to see you try, you buxom wench.
2: Oh, Theo, you can't hit on
3: everyone.
1: (laughs) Brandy, you have followed this mysterious Dustox helmeted figure all the way to the roof of the church car which we know is adorned with all sorts of crazy, sloking decals. The mysterious Dustox figure is looking for some sort of surreptitious way in. Wind is howling, rain is pouring, which is to your benefit, Brandy, because the Dustox figure has not noticed your approach. What do you do?
0: Brandy's about to do a gotcha moment where she says, "Aha! I've snuck up on you and you didn't realise. But before she can, you just hear a... And she looks down and she sees that Meltan is like windscreen wipering their monocle. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandy looks at Meltan like, Are you being really serious right now? You're gonna do this to me, Meltan?
1: Meltan. Meltan. The Dustox visor turns. You see that the rain has been hitting this Dustox visor and it's been irritating the wearer of the helmet as well. They see that the Meltan has been wiping the rain away and they think, Yeah, that's a good point. This thing's getting in my way. They hit a button on the side of the helmet. Kazunk. And the Dustox face is revealed. Brandy, you see yourself staring face to face, once again in the middle of a storm, with Gary Smoke. Brandy, you made it.
2: Poor Brandy. I mean, we've all been there, am I right? Bumping into your ex, atop a runaway train, in a magic storm conjured up by some evil supervillain. If I had a penny. I've gotten to the end of the last few episodes of this podcast and thought, ah, maybe we should have finished season two here, but... All of Sky Attack is like this. I love this arc and I can't wait for you guys to go on this journey with us. It is insane. I was going to make this uh, a shorter end credits. Last time I did one was quite long because it introduced that we were starting Sky Attack. But then Tom dropped a little hint of a development of ours last week, and so it's fallen on me to tell you the exciting news. And that exciting news is this Gang, we have discovered a new Formia region. Evolution called a Patreon. Whoa, how exciting. The gang are opening up a Patreon and they thought of a Pokemon-themed way to do that. Aren't they clever? I want to support them financially. Well, good luck to you, dear listener, because you now can do that of course, there is absolutely no pressure to do so if you do not wish to and cannot afford to, but if you did want to support us financially, we are opening up a Patreon so that you can do that. We basically want to make this podcast better, and as a result, we want to have better equipment, we want better microphones, we want better sound editing software. If you are willing and able to support us, we want you to feel like you can do that. But of course, as I said, there is no pressure. The podcast will not change. Uh, Those in the Patreon membership we'll get bonus episodes we'll get other rewards and bonuses that we will establish at a slightly later date we'll also include in future episodes links to how to support us uh, because at time of recording we have not actually set up the Patreon but we wanted to announce it so that people aren't surprised when all of a sudden we go hey give us some money Um, but yeah we have made that next step as a podcast and we hope that this is something that interests some people God, listen to me. I am far too British to be good at asking people to give money. Brits are not equipped to ask people for money, but what we are equipped to do is thank those who've given us a service. So I'm going to move over to something I'm far more comfortable with, and that is the thank yous. Thank you as always to Michael Sands, the creator of RPG Monster of the Week, the system we have hacked for Pocket Monster of the Week, something that we have created and are using on this podcast. Um, thank you also to Braxton Burks and the Material Collective for their albums Jota Legends, Canto Symphonies, and Time and Space. And thank you to Glitch X City for all her marvelous music. Check out her YouTube channel, Glitch X City. Thank you to Junichi Masuda and Satoshi T- Tajiri for creating Pokémon. Well done, you guys. We have no association with Game Freak, Nintendo, or the Pokémon Company. We are not for profit and fan made. Final thanks go as always to my friends and yours, Tom, David and Stu. Please leave us a review on wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter on at Critical Ditto and join our Discord. Until next time, gang. Go out and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself.
1: And then you went into your mind palace to speak to Brandy and you found her in the body of a Meltan.
0: Oh my God, Kenny, it's not what it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez Louise.